the World Talk Radio Network. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from gorgeous, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, it is just so incredibly beautiful here. Um, I encourage you to visit the Self-Improvement Blog today. It's the Self-Improvement Blog, all run together as one word, dot com. You'll see a number of articles there about the importance of humor as a self-improvement tool. It really is so important. I've been posting articles about humor almost every day. You can also see what a genuine joyologist looks like because Steve Wilson's picture is there and his bio. Also a, a brief review of his lovely little book, Superhuman Power. Superhumor Power, excuse me. I keep it on my desk all the time. In the right sidebar, there's several videos about humor, including one that talks about developing humor in children. So if you wonder what we're going to talk about today, it's humor and laughter. April's National Humor Month, among other things, and Steve is here today to help us kick it off. <clears throat> Let me ask you, how was April Fool's Day for you? Did you get pranked? Or did you prank somebody? You know what? I didn't get pranked all day long. I was kind of thinking, since my grandson's here, I might. And then about two minutes to midnight, I mean, I was in a dead sleep. And all of a sudden, I heard a chicken clucking in my room. Now, it's very interesting that nobody in my house would own up to putting anything in my room in the middle of the night. But it does happen that Jack had in his Easter stuff a chicken that dropped jelly beans and clucked. So I have a suspicion the chicken was at large, but we won't ever tell. And I cracked up. I laughed every time I woke up during the night thinking about that silly chicken. We need a laugh. You know, G.K. Chesterton said, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. And today, we're going to try to fly a bit. Our guest, as I said, is Steve Wilson. He's a psychologist known as America's Joyologist. And I love this, Chairman of the Board, B-O-R-E-D. He holds a B.S. in Business Administration and Marketing and an M.A. in Psychology from Temple University. His early work as a clinical psychologist crystallized his thinking about the relationship between work, <clears throat> joy, and productivity. He's a member of the National Speakers Association and a certified speaking professional. 
He's a member of the International Society for Humor Studies and the Advisory Board of the National Association for Self-Esteem, as well as founder and president of the World Laughter Tour. <clears throat> Steve is the author of several books, including, and these are my favorite titles, Eat Dessert First, Toilet Paper, Toothpaste, and Tuna Noodle Casserole, Chill, and Good-Hearted Living. His slogan is, Don't Postpone Joy. So put on a smile and help me welcome Steve Wilson to the Self-Improvement Show. Steve, we're so glad to have you back. I'm so glad to be back. And it's so auspicious to do this right at the outset of National Humor Month. And let's get everybody uh, revved up to celebrate and, and enjoy humor all month and then the whole rest of the year. Well, I'm going to have my grandson here all month, and so I'm going to have a lot of humor. Just before the show started, he came in and said, Grandma, do you know why the the man ate as a dog? And I said, no, why? And he said, because he was a hot dog. Now, that might not sound funny to you, but it just cracks me up every time he tells me a joke. It's funny whether it's funny or not, just because it's so incredibly funny to him. Steve, for those of you, for those of our listeners who did not hear you when you were with us in January, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Steve Wilson? Well, I am a uh, a father, a husband, uh, a, a brother, a grandfather um, of ten uh, of the smartest and most beautiful and funniest kids in North America. <laughs> We and, and, yes, and those ten are, uh, they're all boys, except for six. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, we try to keep that sense of humor about ourselves. I am a psychologist. I uh, have been uh, all kinds of things in my life. I seem to enjoy entertaining people. I learned at the age of about six that I could tell a joke. And we can talk about how that develops in kids and why I got sent home from school with a note about telling certain kinds of talking parrot jokes. Um, but I've been a yo-yo champion, a folk singer, an actor, a magician. Uh, I, I do, I just seem to have an inclination to try to get people to feel a little bit entertained. But as a psychologist, I moved from a very intense a practice of psychotherapy and an early career as a prison psychologist uh, in a very, very, very dismal kinds of situations. But then I became fascinated by humor. I'm trying to understand the human condition, Irene. I know you are too. What are we about? Why are we here? And, uh, and I just latched on to the, why do human beings find things funny? How come we have this ability that we call laughing? And one of the things that grabbed me very early was a discovery that people who are born blind and deaf still laugh. And they so, smile. They've never seen anybody smile. Right, right. They never heard it. Or, or saw it. So, so laughing is not something you learn from other people. It comes with the creation, uh, of your being. It's in our central nervous system. It's in our brains. And when the conditions are right, 
That's important. When the conditions are right, human beings laugh. They don't have to be taught how. And it it's a remarkable tool and something that we should embrace and see how we can maximize it all through our lives. Okay, those things all being true, April is designed or designated as National Humor Month. If we have all that built in, why do we need a National Humor Month? Ah! Because... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Irene... There's a difference here. Let's make a, a distinction. It's not always important, but maybe for the, right in this moment it is, a difference between laughter and humor. And here's one way we can tell the difference. When an infant, five, six weeks old, laughs in the, in the cradle, we don't say the kid has a great sense of humor. They're no, we not- say he's got gas. We say he's got gas, and it uh, actually, technically, uh, gas is probably not producing the laughter, but the relief of the gas pressure is so comfortable, it's such a pleasure that it produces giggling. Um, but we don't say it's humor. The, the, the little kid is, is doing a physical thing called laughing, giggling, chuckling, uh, in fact, uh, Charles Darwin uh, suspected that nature gave infants uh, the ability to laugh so they would have a tool for raising their parents. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, meaning that um, typically if you uh, interact with a very young child in some way that causes them to chuckle or giggle, you recognize, adult recognizes, that that kid is saying, do that again. I like that. And we uh, we accommodate them. We say, oh, yeah, let's do that again. And <laughs> we laugh, too, usually. You know, we usually respond in kind. Well, that's no. right. And, and, and so the human uh, infant, uh, without any awareness of where they are or who they are or what's going on, has an automatic tool to invite people to tickle their funny bone, to do things that are fun and engaging and and great interactions that starts in infancy Um, and the right, but humor, you see a sense of humor, that's something you develop. Sense of humor has to do with many things like, well, you have a personal taste, what you think is funny. Um, that may be different from somebody else. Uh, if In different cultures, uh, what people think is funny it varies. And how comedy looks uh, in, in uh, countries, for instance, that don't speak English. That's another thing about humor. How, how can you get a joke if it's told in a language that you don't speak? So humor um, has a lot of conditions that have to be met. Uh, in order to work, uh, and you can develop your sense of humor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give everybody a definition of a sense of humor, this being Humor Month, and we can, uh, we can see where we want to go with this. But here's a good definition of a sense of humor. It's the ability to see 
the non-serious element in a situation. I'll repeat it. The ability to see the non-serious element in a situation. In other words, the definition of a sense of humor is not the ability to tell jokes. That's that's different. In fact, you may have a terrific sense of humor and not be able to tell a joke to save your life. And a lot of people can't. No, most people. Well, um, about it's been estimated that only two to five percent of people can tell a joke well. On the other hand, there are people who have mastered the art of telling jokes, and they have a pretty poor sense of humor because sense of humor is how are you looking at a situation. Can you walk all around something that's happening and look at all the sides of it? The financial side, the physical, the health side, the emotional side, the the social side. I mean, there's all sides to things that happen, and they're not all equally serious. And when you can see a side that's less serious, that's your sense of humor. And... Um, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, there's a picture in the newspaper of a man uh, whose car had been crushed by a tree during a storm. And the picture shows him standing uh, next to the car, and the tree just smashed right through the roof of the car. And he's holding up a sign to the traffic going by. He made this sign, and the sign has an arrow pointing to his car. And the sign says, compact car. <laughs> he didn't say for sale. <laughs> just compact car. That's rich. Use a sense of humor. Now. You know, On that note, Steve, we need to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk more about what humor is and how it can help us. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Steve Wilson saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more and more laughs. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. I'm Martine Rudin, Chief Marketing Officer of Macy's. We're a proud supporter of the March of Dimes. Walking in March for babies is always special. But with your help, we can make this year better than ever as we celebrate 75 years of March of Dimes breakthroughs for babies. Join us in March for Babies to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org and march to help babies. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Collin. My guest today is Steve Wilson, a joyologist. And we're talking about humor because April is National Humor Month, which I think is lovely and interesting. Steve's a psychologist, and he's interested in self-improvement as much as I am. You know, Steve, how is humor important from a psychologist's point of view, in in this whole area of self-improvement? I'll tell you, uh, we, we'll just start. We can, we'll go as far as, as uh, you would like to go. And, and How many hours do we for, need? For the listeners. Well, let's <laughs> see. I have to be back to work Monday. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you better get going then. <laughs> uh, one of the first things that comes to my mind is... The studies uh, where they ask people who are married and engaged, uh, what attracted you to your mate? What characteristics attracted you to your mate? And consistently, sense of humor is always at the top of the list. It's the number one or two attractive quality. So uh, understanding that you develop your sense of humor uh, a, a listener could have started uh, listening to this program and said, uh, I don't have a terrific sense of humor, and by the time we're done, could have a better sense of humor because you, you, we're going to tell them things that they can do, and you just you'd work on it. And why would you want to have a better sense of humor? Well, you'd be a more attractive human being. You'd be more attractive in love relationships, a good sense of humor in a long-term relationship will be a wonderful tool to smooth over some of the rough patches. Uh, and you will be more attractive uh, to your friends and neighbors. And here's something that's interesting. When, when they have done studies uh, asking personnel directors and uh, executive presidents of companies, uh, all things being equal, if you have two job applicants or two people in line for a promotion, who's going to get the job? And the answer is the one who shows a better sense of humor. That's very interesting, especially in the workplace. You know, why do they say that's important in the workplace? That's a great event. Look, humor is a balancer. Humor, one of the great things that humor gives you is a more balanced perspective. The secret to preventing physical and emotional burnout. And, and burnout is very important to us these days because burnout is what you call the uh, result of stress that goes on for a long period of time. Now we've got a lot of people under long-term stress. And they will have a tendency to burn out. And burnout looks like I can't get out of bed. I'm depressed. I need more pills. 
I want to take a drink. Give me something. And, and burnout is a, just a loss of energy and enthusiasm for life. So the secret to preventing burnout, going to give you one word. Balance. 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 People who burn out have lost their balance. Now that we can understand how that can happen. I'll tell you a few things that we need to balance in life. One is you got to balance your diet. You've got to see what foods work best for you, maintain your weight, and give you energy throughout the day. Some people need six small meals a day. Some people need more protein. and Whatever, you got to find a balanced diet for yourself. You have to balance work and rest. You've got to work, but you can't work all the time. You've got to build in days off, vacations, time out. Um, because, uh, you know, in Japan they had a... Big problem. They, they really rewarded and applauded the workers who never took a day off. And they found that you could, if you work every day of the year, you could get a condition called karoshi. In Japanese, mm. that means sudden death from overwork. Do you know that we've surpassed the number of hours we work? We surpassed the Japanese now uh, in this country? Well, we're going to find out. I think we're paying a price for it. Uh, and we're going to find it's related to a number of unhealthy lifestyles that we adopt because we're trying to compensate. See, so balance work and rest. Balance your vocation with vacation. And the other thing is balance your attitude. Balance your perspective. And one of the best ways to do that is with humor. Humor is a way of looking at things uh, so they don't quite seem so bad. And, and it doesn't fix everything up, and it, it doesn't make everything better. But when you get into humor, when something strikes you as funny, and it doesn't have to be hysterically funny, it could be a little chuckle. It could be uh, you laughing on the inside. But you're just mildly amused. But even at that level, your brain chemistry changes and starts sending signals all over your body to act healthy. Your, your muscular system, your muscles relax, your digestive system works better, your immune system, your cardiovascular system, uh, we could go on and on. But that comes from allowing yourself the chuckle, allowing yourself the amusement. I'll give you an example. I saw a sign in a jewelry department of a department store. It said, ears pierced while you wait. And I thought, well, how else could you do that? <laughs> I have never thought about I it. Here are my ears. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to come back in a few hours. So, you know, they're just things that may strike you funny. It doesn't have to be a formal kind of a joke or comedy. Or I mean, that's okay. You watch it on television or read a book, uh, somebody humorous that makes you laugh. But you, it something could just strike you. Uh, as humorous during the day, give yourself permission to have the chuckle. Give yourself Absolutely. That I, I, balances your perspective. I heard a woman yelling at her child the other day. It, it really wasn't funny, but it struck me as so she's yelling at him to shut up and tell her whatever she wanted to hear. And I'm thinking, how's he going to do that? That's right. <laughs> Be quiet and tell me something. Yeah, be, shut up and whatever. And I laughed. 
I, she well, probably these, wouldn't have appreciated that. But. These things happen all the time. My neighbor's got a little girl. She's in the third grade. She came home from school, and, and uh, she said, Mommy, we wrote stories today. And Mother said, okay, well, what, what'd you, what did you write? She said, oh, I'm going to tell you. And she took out the paper, and she started reading. She said, this is a story about twin girls, age five and nine. <laughs> okay. So, you know, just sometimes trying to do something that's important and serious, but it just, you see a little twist on it, a little, see the lighter side of it. Uh, the Jay Leno does this on his show. He has these, uh, headlines. He, the actual headlines from newspapers. Oh, they're funny. And, and they're, they're real, but because of misplaced punctuation or, uh, something like that, then they turn out to be humorous. So, you know, what, what anybody can do is when you're reading the paper or you're listening to the news, you say to yourself, um, which story is Jay Leno going to make fun of tonight? And if it's not Leno, it's your Letterman or Jimmy Fallon, whoever you like there, Conan. But which, which story is going to make a, 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 a funny news tonight? And if you can guess correctly, then you are developing a terrific sense of humor. You're I mean, seeing- let's, let's say, Steve, that I really don't have much of a sense of humor. And, you know, actually I get in trouble for laughing sometimes when it's not imp- appropriate. But, uh, I, let's say I don't have, find much that's funny in anything. How do I, but I'd like to, how do I go about developing a sense of humor? How can I see something funny when I've never seen something funny before? How can I go about enjoying something that's funny? I, I, I think, uh, you, you need to give yourself permission, first of all. A lot of people, uh, okay, look, we're born with the ability to laugh and smile. Uh, the first interactions we have with the world are peekaboo and kuchikoo and we, we play. We're playing. We play. And, and that's the best way to learn about And we the, giggle as children. What happens to giggle? that? Well, How do we learn it again? We get criticized. Uh, that's one of the big things that happens. Some, and that can happen. Some children are born into families where children are in very inconvenient. And you're too loud, you're too noisy. Sometimes it's unfortunate, you know, uh, one of the parents has, has got a hangover and they're trying to sleep it off and they don't want you giggling and be quiet. And some families are just terribly terrible about putting the kids down. Who do you think you are? You're ugly, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. And when a kid tries to tell a joke, when a kid says, I think I got a funny, I think I'm funny, and then somebody, they get discouraged. They get put down. That, And they start to adjust because that's very painful for a child. It's incredibly painful. Children want to be loved. Children just want to please. That, that's really what they want to do. And if you tell them that their fun-loving side is not welcome, they're going to put it away. Uh, you may think that you, a little kid says, yay, I was born to sing and dance, and I think uh, my life is like musical comedy. And, the, and then maybe the family says, hey, you're reading from the wrong script. 
in this family, yeah. it's, it's death of a salesman. And, you know, uh, so you put people start to put away their humor and their laughter. So we want to encourage them to bring it out. You were right. If you think you have a funny bone, you do. Let's find it. Let's develop it. Um, and, and you have to stop listening to these people who say that, uh, you, your laughing is too loud or too giggly or immature. That's wrong-headed thinking. Laughter is natural. Laughter is important. One of the reasons it's important for your self-esteem is because just this little, one little point, your laugh comes through your vocal cords, which means it has your vocal quality. So just the way I can hear your voice and without seeing you, and I know it's you because of your vocal quality, I can hear you laugh, and I know yes. it's you. So your laugh is part of your identity. It's part of your essence of who you are. And if you twist it and, and inhibit it and hold it back, you're, you're distorting yourself. We want people to give full voice to their laughter um, and and feel comfortable. It, it's a gift of creation. It's built into you. Uh, it's not a mistake. So just helping people to understand that, they, they can start to develop their sense of humor. Um, reminding them that uh, of what a good tool it is, that... You know, if you can get a laugh, your brain chemistry is going to change. Yeah. Body. You mentioned a moment ago wrong-headed thinking, and I want to talk more about that when we come back from, from break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Steve Wilson saying, we have to take a break right now, but come back. We're going to talk more about how you can develop a sense of humor. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. 
Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Steve Wilson, our very own joyologist, and we're talking about humor. Um, and we're going to talk about wrong-headed ideas about humor. But before we do that, I want Steve to tell you how you can find him on the Internet, how you can find his books, all those good things. How can people find you, Steve? The main website is called worldlaughtertour.com. So there's no spaces, worldlaughtertour.com. And that has everything. That has books and tapes and all kinds of ideas. There's free articles and information. You want to develop your sense of humor or know more about laughter and humor, that would be the place to go. There's an 800 number. If you feel like calling, it's 800 now laugh, N-O-W-L-A-F-F. And I'll give you the, the numbers are 800-669-5233. On YouTube now, Irene, we have a World Laughter Tour channel. So if you go on YouTube and just search for Steve Wilson or World Laughter Tour, you're going to find... Lots of videos that I put up there. Very, lots only take a minute or two. Some are a little bit longer, but, uh, to help you understand why your sense of humor is wonderful and how you can make it even better. And it is so important to have your sense of humor functioning. And let's talk a little bit about what on earth is wrong headed ideas about humor. Well, one is, uh, okay, one is that you have a sense of humor. That's not correct. You don't have a sense of humor. You have many senses of humor. And the English language has hundreds of words to describe senses of humor. So, you, you know, if we all had the same sense of humor, then when in a newspaper, when you go to the funny pages, we would only need one cartoon or one comic strip. Right. And we'd all read it and we'd all say, gee, that was funny. But we know we have 20 different cartoons and comic strips and, and you don't read all of them. You read, you know, three, four, five that are the, your favorites and it may not be the same set that's my favorite. So, uh, you, you have many senses of humor and you might like clowns, uh, and the three stooges and, uh, I like political humor and puns. Wordplay, but there's all different kinds. Some some humor is weird. Some is sick. Some is zany. Uh, so, point is that when I'm talking to you, Irene, because of our personalities and our friendship, you, it brings out a particular one or two of my senses of humor. But when I'm with other people, or if I'm in a different mood, then different senses of humor might come out, and. Uh, so that's important to know. You don't just have one sense of humor. You have a lot of senses of humor. And you're not born with a sense of humor. That's a wrong-headed idea. Uh, p- people say, oh, well, I don't have a very good sense of humor. I guess I was in the wrong line when they were being passed out. No, no, you develop your sense of humor. 
you do that through your life by the things that amuse you. Maybe you like to go to carnivals. Maybe I don't. Maybe you like the clowns in the circus. Uh, maybe I like something different. What amuses you and amuses me is different. We call it different jokes for different folks. So there's nothing wrong with you or wrong with me if we have different senses of humor. It's just differences. And uh, we can learn to respect that and, and respect each other's differences. That goes a long way to make the world a better place. You know what? That is such an important point in anything to do with self-improvement even. We are all absolutely uniquely different. And yet we try to be like everybody else. And, well, you know. <laughs> You know, there was a bumper sticker a while back I liked. It said, you're unique, just like everybody else. Yes, like that. When my oldest son was in the second grade, he came home one day and said, Mom, I need to go to the store because I need a comb for my pocket. And I said, okay, we can do that. And I said, why do you need a comb for your pocket? He said, well, because I want to comb my hair different. I don't. I just want to be me. I don't want to be like anybody else. And I said, okay. So we got the comb, and he started parting his hair in the middle. And the next time I went to the school, every little boy in the class had his hair parted in the middle and a big comb sticking out of his back pocket. That's and right. I thought, so much for being uniquely different. That's right. That's not amazing. That's part of. That's, that's right. A part of the process of maturing. A part of the process, but we are different, and we don't all have to appreciate the same thing, or look right. the same way, or laugh at the same joke, or find something funny that nobody else finds funny, or you know, not see the humor. In it. Right. We just, we just are. We're just different. I, I, you know, if I could get people to understand any one thing, I think that's the one I would want them to understand the most, that they're different. You know, and what is special bad. about you? You know, no, find what's special about you. And because right. there's something there. They use humor uh, you know, a lot in commerce. We use, com- you know, commercials that um, have humor sell more, so they right. say. Okay. But the advertising people know, we, we, they say that humor gets people's attention and increases their retention. So if we can show you our product and do it in a way that puts you in a good mood, receptive, maybe laughing, uh, then we believe that you're going to remember the name of the product and you're going to be more likely to ask for that next time you need that kind of thing. Um, Have you so, seen the pig driving the convertible? Yes, yes. We got a pig yes. driving a convertible. We got a duck in rehab now yes, on, on television. Yes. You know, we got a gecko changing a flat tire. Yes. <laughs> and they're they're you know they're for insurance. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. You know, when my kids were, and this is how long you can remember a commercial. My kids are in their 40s now. When they were little tiny kids, there was a commercial for Meow Mix, and everybody's heard it. It goes meow, 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 meow. Every time I saw that, I cracked up. So if they would be watching TV and that would come on, they would scream, Mama, Mama, come quick, your commercial is on. And we still sing that commercial in this family. I mean, that's 35 years ago. Well, that you know, that, that. that's a double, that's a double whammy in a good way. 
it combines two things that really uh, get anchored in the brain, humor and music. Yes. yes. And music and laughter, music and humor um, remain uh, accessible even uh, in some traumatic brain injury and as people age and they get into memory issues, um, they, we can reach a point in a, where we don't know anymore who we are or where we are, um, but a person can still uh, sing all the words to a song with the correct melody. Yes. And that stays deep in the brain. We also know that people with Alzheimer's and other memory care issues, uh, they still have an emotional memory. They may not have it, what we call an intellectual or cognitive or factual memory, but they have an emotional memory. And when I, the laughter therapist, because I train laughter therapists now, we have more than 6,000 across the country. The train, you know, there's art therapy. We know about that. People buy that. That's been around for a while. There's music therapy. People sort of get that. So I use those models to develop laughter therapy. It's just as solid and sound. And it, it's another approach to helping people face life's challenges. Well, when our laughter therapists go into the memory care units of the nursing home and the rehab facilities, what happens is that the patients there, they don't remember the, the person's name. They don't remember their own name. Well, what they'll say is, here comes the laughter lady. Yeah. They, they associate the face, they associate that person's appearance with a positive emotion. They can't It's almost like they begin to feel the, the humor before they that's, even start. That's right. The emotional memory is there and the musical memory is there. Uh, so, uh, we, those commercials that we were talking about that have a little melody and some words that go with it and it's kind of fun, it's kind of cute. Uh, man, it gets in your brain. You remember it? Right. So when I had a cat, guess what kind of food I automatically bought? Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, meow mix. That's right. It's amazing. How important is it for us to be able to laugh at ourselves? Very important. Somebody said, it's a, you know, laugh, you better learn to laugh at yourself before everybody else does. Um, that is part of self-esteem. When a person has low self-esteem, they cannot take the joke on themselves. No, it's they painful, get, isn't it? They get uptight. They get... Um, defensive, uh, and they can't uh, relax and go with the flow of their own imperfections and idiosyncrasies. Human beings are imperfect. Uh, as far as I can tell, in this lifetime, in this experience on this planet, you cannot get perfect. Uh, you're always going to make some kind of mistakes. And if you could relax about that, that could be a source of fun. That could be a source of of laughter. I, I, I'll tell you just personally one of the things that's happened now, because I do a lot of writing, and even whether it's email or an article or my blog or a book, I just make a lot of typos. I make a lot of mistakes. Oh, and I do too. So I have a saying. It takes a village to proofread anything I write. One person is not enough. 
I got arrested by a few different people. But that, you know, it's if I could take and laugh at my own imperfection. And then I'm through it and over it and past it and moving forward. If I get hung up, if my self-esteem was low, uh, I couldn't do that. And I would get all twisted out of shape, get all emotionally bent out of shape, and I'd be, I'd get stuck. Uh, and I wouldn't be able to make progress or move forward. So, um, you know, working on your sense of humor and developing it also contributes to your self-esteem because you're more comfortable with who you are and your natural condition. And you might as well be, I, you know, it's when I, when I move, I'm 72 years old now. Irene. So when I move around, my ankles crackle, my knees pop. And I, I've decided I'm not getting older. I'm just getting noisier. Oh, I like that. And on that note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Steve Wilson saying, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more talk about humor. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. best-selling authors find tantalizing new books learn the latest healthy living tips and be inspired to coach yourself to success on star style be the star you are every thursday from 3 to 4 p.m pacific time on world talk radio the oprah of the airwaves cynthia bryan and her health hero daughter heather Brittany fire up the airwaves with upbeat positive life-changing talk radio it's the power hour on star style be the star you are thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m pacific on the world talk radio variety channel come play with us the world talk radio variety channel You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Steve Wilson. We've been talking about humor. Um, and you know the saying, time flies when you're having fun. It's hard to believe that we're on the last lap of this show. It's gone by so quickly. Uh, it's almost impossible to believe that we've been talking for almost an hour. Um, we've been talking about humor. And one uh, one of the... The things that I want to talk about is, you know, is there a time that's inappropriate for humor? Or, or can, you know, can even serious places, 
uh, have humor in it. When is it not appropriate? Well, I think it's a matter of personal judgment. Uh, one of our friends uh, had a son who had um, lymphoma, and he was uh, very sick, a teenager, and they had to convert their living room into a, a sick room, and they rented a hospital bed. And she said it was very depressing. He had oxygen. They had these oxygen tanks in the room, had all this equipment and all the dials and gauges. She said every time she'd look at it, it just made her sad and, and sick. And a friend of her said, you know what? I'm going to make a costume for the oxygen tanks. And she dressed them up as clowns. So over in the corner of the room, instead of having dials and gauges and these big tall oxygen tanks, there were two clowns with clown masks and clowns. She said, that doesn't fix everything. It doesn't cure cancer, but it made things lighten up a little bit. So what's appropriate? When is it appropriate? It's a matter of taste. Uh, you know, a, a funeral can be a solemn occasion, but it can also be a time when we, re, when we remember the fun times with the person right. who passed away. That's a legacy they left us. And how many times at a viewing or a funeral service do you see people going from laughing to crying and crying to laughing? And it depends what you remember and the emotions are all mixed up and together there. The thing that we want to emphasize, I think, is that laughter is not a, and humor is not a cure-all. Uh, this is, we're not saying, gee, if something terrible happens, uh, go ahead and make a joke and it'll be okay. That, no, that's not, it won't. that's not what we're saying. There but, is a time to weep. That's right. Absolutely. That's, that's what Ecclesiastes tells us, King Solomon. But the, uh, you know, we need to still uh, try to maintain uh, a sense of balance, and um, you, you you never want to demand that somebody laugh, or uh, it's obnoxious, I think, to be overbearing and trying to cheer somebody up. Oh, you're having a down day? Well, here's something funny. Let me cheer you up. Put a smile on your face. Don't ever demand for people to be in humor, yourself or anybody else. Don't demand it of yourself. Invite it. Just say, you know, I hear something that was cute. You're not in the mood. I'll leave it alone. I'll invite you again to tomorrow. In fact, I, 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 you know what, Irene? We've come up with a wonderful um, self personal development and self-improvement activity that folks can do around humor. And it's, it's about the importance of remembered humor and if you can it just can do, you can do this in a couple of minutes and you can do it over and over again but you sit quietly and in your memory try to picture people who you have laughed with uh. just bring up the memory of somebody or could be a childhood playmate it might have been a teacher it might be a family member you're your aunt Tilly your uncle Fred it might have been your mom your dad your brother said so just Get that picture of that person who laughed with you, who you giggled with. Maybe somebody you giggled with so hard you wet your pants. Whatever it is. And get that person's picture in your mind. And then now combine that with the single most important human activity, from my point of view, it's called gratitude. And, mm-hmm. and yes. just silently, mentally say thank you. Thank you to the person who laughed with you. 
who enjoyed your laughter, enjoyed your playfulness. Thank you to the universe, whatever is God, whatever is your sense of creation, your spirituality. Thank you for for allowing me to have that experience in my life and the ability to remember it. Now, when you do that, you anchor that into your mind. So you're then in the future, when you're having a down day, things aren't looking so good, you go right to your memory bank. You go right to your humor memory bank and make a withdrawal and bring up a picture. So, so you do want to do it several times. Do it and, and think of one person. Then you think of somebody else. You can include people you never met, celebrities, comedians. Uh, maybe it's Lucille Ball in that famous scene where the uh, vitamin and vegemin or the yeah, coming down. She and Ethel are on the candle, candy factory. But let yourself really picture that and say thank you. Express the gratitude because you're going to anchor the humor and the gratitude to the memory and you're going to deposit in your sense memory bank and you're always going to have it to make withdrawals later on. That's Absolutely. It. More and more people that I've met lately are keeping a gratitude journal. And it's really hard to be down when you've spent the first 10 or 15 minutes of your day or the last 10 or 15 minutes, you know, being grateful, remembering all the things that you have to be grateful for. And compounding that with good humor and laughter is very powerful. It's all tied together because it's, it's all-, all about positive emotions. Humor, laughter, gratitude, love, understanding, support. It's all about the positive emotions. All of them are therapeutic. All of them are beneficial uh, for us. Yeah, here's a little poem about gratitude. I like this. Um, as you go through life... Let this always be your goal. Keep your eye upon the donut, not upon the hole. Yes. <laughs> but we know people who keep their eye on the hole, don't we? <laughs> I know. I oh, know. my. But, 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 but we have to, you know, gratitude is, is and happiness comes from wanting what you have, not from having what you want. And that's a very important distinction. It kind of brings me to another question. Uh, what's the difference between playing and being playful? It's kind of that same idea. Well, playfulness is the, is the way we learn about the world. Playfulness is a terrific way to uh, express your curiosity and your interest and learn how things work. Play... Um, but there's a way that we, and the difference between just playing or being playful is whether or not you keep score. As soon as you keep score, you stop being playful. So yes. and I have a, a, a man in, a, in my psychotherapy practice, one of my patients, and he said he's nervous and he's tense. And I said, well, what do you have a hobby? He says, well, I used to play golf. I haven't played for a while. And I said, why don't you go out and play golf? And I thought, well, he'll relax with that. But he came back a couple weeks later and he said, I went out and I played golf. I had the worst game of my life. And I realized that it was wrong to tell him to play golf. I should have told him, can you go out and be playful? Don't keep score. Just, you know, just hit the ball around. Just walk out in, in the fresh air. As soon as we compare ourselves to other people, as soon as we have winners and losers, 
As soon as we keep score, it stops being playful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to learn to play bridge because all of my friends played bridge. But when I started playing bridge, I realized it was not a game. And it wasn't any fun when everybody was so intent upon just winning. Yes. So, you know, that takes the fun out of it. Yes, for some people. Yeah, it took all the fun out of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and we we just have a second or two left. But uh, what about using humor in a harmful way? How do we get people to not do that? Well, humor. There are zingers and insults and put down jokes. People think it's funny, and they pick on somebody's uh, disability. Or first of all, the two two thing. One is a five minute rule. The five-minute rule about humor is never make fun of anything that another person couldn't change in the next five minutes. Mm. So pretty permanent characteristics of people are usually not a very good uh, thing to make fun of or try to joke about. And uh, there's an African proverb to keep in mind. If you're going to make a joke, you're going to have some humor. The axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Oh, that's good. The don't axe cut, forgets what the tree remembers. Don't cut people down with humor. Build them up. Look, we all will get along more or less well in, in life because we will be part of a network of love and support and understanding. And when we laugh with people, we put our arms around them and we pull them into the network of love and support and understanding. When we laugh at people, we push them out of the network of love and support and understanding. When people are out of the network, then they will perpetrate harm against the network with impunity. They don't care. They're angry. They're alienated. So, And that's a lovely thought to leave with our listeners today, Steve. Next week's guest is Cindy Lofren, a master li- masterful life coach. She's been on our show before, and she's going to talk about right-sizing your fear so you can have the life you want. Steve, we are at the very end of the show. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. I'm here. I'll be back again. I love it. Thank you so much, Irene, for having me. Uh, and everybody, it's April. Laugh it up and then carry it on all year. Fantastic. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Steve Wilson saying thank you for being with us today. We hope you have some laughs through April and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.